Welcome back and thanks for joining us. I'm Veronica. I'm Erica. And this is the Context and Color of the Bible podcast, where we're bringing back the context of scripture so we can add color to the black and white pages of the text. We're sisters. We love teaching the Bible. Mm -hmm. We love discussing the Bible. And if you listened last week, we love answering questions. (laughs) About the Bible. (laughs) About the Bible. But I feel like we're actually getting into the context and culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With these discussions, we've decided this is season two. Yep. Episode three. Yeah. And we're laying a foundation. (laughs) So we can dive into parables. (laughs) But before we did that, we said we needed to add some culture and context to what life was like. Right. We we would love to take you to Israel and have you walk the roads and get the I've dust on your there. feet. Oh, you can pretend. And get the <laughs> dust on your feet, feel the wind blowing in your hair, the sun on your face. We would love, but we can't take you there, but we're hoping to somehow verbally start a picture in right. your mind as and we talk about this. And help you read about it and see and go, you know what? There's right. more here that I'm not reading right. because I'm not a native to right. this culture. Right. Right. And we're not either, but we study a lot. Yep. Erica's been there. We're nerds. Yes. I'm proud of it. We are. We're okay with that. Yes. We but are. Last week we were talking about rabbis. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how scripture <clears throat> infiltrates every part of their lives. Yep. And we were talking about the rabbis, how they have disciples who travel with yep. them. Mm-hmm. But also with rabbis, they come with authority. Yes. They have authority, and they don't come on their own. They don't do what we're doing. I've studied this, and right. I'm going to teach you. <laughs> right. They come having mm-hmm. studied under somebody, because mm-hmm. that's what a disciple did. A disciple yeah. finally, am I right, graduated yeah. and became a rabbi himself? Yeah, but it, you had certain schools that okay. you would go under. It would take a very special rabbi to start his own school. Okay. Um, very intelligent. Yes. Well respected. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Insightful. So basically yeah. you had like two schools, three schools? I don't you could have numerous schools. Probably at the time of Jesus. You had two main ones, okay. um Hillel and Shammai we mentioned last week. But you mm-hmm. had other ones too. But so if I say, Hey, I've studied at the school of Hillel Yes. You would kind of have a basic yes. idea? Yes, of what you would think on certain issues. Okay. Like divorce. Right. I know that's a big one. Yeah. Because one said divorce was only allowed. Hillel um, allowed it. If your wife burnt your toast. Okay. You could divorce her. Yes. We are not advocating No. (laughs) Not at all. Especially after the lunch I made my kids today. (laughs) Did you burn their toast? Not toast, but their grilled sandwich. Oh, yuck. Did you scrape scrape it it off? (laughs) Yeah. Your poor kids. You know, they're getting good at scraping. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your poor kids. But then Rabbi Shammai... Said divorce only, either divorce for nothing or divorce only for adultery. I think only for adultery. Because normally Jesus goes with Hillel and with divorce he goes with Shammai. Okay. But so you would have these rabbis come out of these schools, these chains of thought. Yes. They would take on disciples. Yep. How many disciples did they have at a time? Oh, I don't know. Probably as many as you could handle. Okay. Jesus had 12, okay. but obviously there are others that traveled with him. There, are certain, there obviously were women that traveled with him, mm-hmm. is the thought. Um, but so, so you know. train up your disciples. They essentially are to become like you and take your yes, place. Yes, And then they're going to go around right. teaching exactly what you taught. Yes, 
Yes. And so they're not coming and saying, well, I'm teaching it because this is what I think. They're coming and saying, I'm teaching it because I'm coming in. Rabbi Hillel taught it this way. Rabbi Shlomo, who learned it from Rabbi Moshe, who learned it from Rabbi Hillel. So you're backing up. Yeah. It's kind of like your footnotes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just my, here's the credibility I have. Yeah. Which is how Jesus stands out from the other rabbis. Jesus, yeah, Jesus as a rabbi is an all-star. He is a rabbi of rabbis. When you study his teaching in the culture and the context and you begin to pull out just some of the things he said and did, it blows my mind Hmm. how amazing his teaching is. And this is one way he stands out because all the other rabbis claimed authority, like you said, based on those you learned from, those who came before you. But where does Jesus get his authority from? From the Father. From the Father. He doesn't claim any other rabbi. He says, my authority comes from my Father. I teach what the Father has given to me. Hmm. And so... Which would have sounded... Presumptuous. Okay. (laughs) Maybe a bit arrogant. Would it sound blasphemous? Potentially, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because now he's claiming a special relationship with the Father... That right. nobody else has. I've been taught by God. I've been taught by God. That's kind of a trump card. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to argue with someone who says, well, God told me this. Okay. So for those who didn't believe him, it would be offensive and blasphemous. And for those who did believe him, it would be credibility. Mm-hmm. And but it would just make him stand out from everyone else. Very much. You're not very lining much. up with right. who, and that would probably almost be a question. Who do you come from? What school did you come from? Right. Who, who taught you? Right, mm-hmm. right. By what authority are you doing these things? Mm-hmm. Would you have know, been a common question. It would have been a question for a rabbi. Yeah, okay. what right do you have to teach this? And so was a rabbi a, I'm trying to think, a, like a ceremony or an official title? Not at that point, no. Okay. No, it is now. Okay. Now you have schools and you have... Like, like training. A, like training for it. Back in Jesus' day, you could give it to anyone that you respected or considered so a, a teacher. it was a term of respect. Yes. It was like very saying, much... sir? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was becoming something special. Okay. But it wasn't at that point a specific title. Okay. Yeah. So rabbi is essentially another word for teacher. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So whenever you see people call Jesus teacher in the Gospels, the word behind it is rabbi. Okay. They're calling him rabbi. But in in the English language, in the English teacher. translation, teacher yep. makes more sense than yeah. rabbi. Yeah. But don't see, so don't see rabbi as an official. Not yet. Religious role. No, not at that point. Okay. Anyone could be a rabbi. You could call someone a rabbi. Okay. Who you respected. Okay. Yeah. Who taught. Okay. Yeah. Um, so rabbis went around teaching in other people's authority. <clears throat> Except mm-hmm. for Jesus. Yep. And then a common thing all rabbis did was teach with parables. Yes. That wasn't yes. just Jesus. No. Parables are extremely common. If you read extra biblical sources, works, um, oh. Midrash okay. uh, from the first century, second century, third century, they are filled with parables. And what is, so let's make sure everyone knows, what is a parable then? A parable, we were just talking about this. <laughs> off camera. I know, off, I'm trying to. Off mic. <laughs> how to easily sum it up. I actually was listening to a podcast about this the other day. A friend sent me and the guy, and it wasn't specifically about parables, but the topic came up and he said, well, everybody disagrees on what a parable is. 
Oh. So, yeah, I didn't realize that. There's many <laughs> different thoughts out there for what is a parable. So this is going to be... So we're not claiming authority? <laughs> right. This is going to be our definition. Okay. But people very easily could disagree with us. Okay. So does that fit? Does that work? This is our definition? Yes. This is our authority. This is our... Based on the school of Dwight Hope Pryor. and Haver. <laughs> no, I'm going to name some of the... Dwight Pryor. Dwight Pryor. <laughs> yes. I would say a parable is an illustration to teach a specific point. An oral illustration. An oral illustration to teach a specific point. Okay. It's got one main point it's driving to. And it can have little points along the way that fit in with it, but it's got one key thing, one main point, one lesson that it's trying to teach. Okay. So a parable is a story with a lesson. Yeah. And it's painting a picture. Yes. Okay. And so if I'm painting a picture then, and I'm a rabbi and I'm teaching people, I'm going to pull from common everyday things. Right. Because part of the lesson you're trying to teach is you're trying to take something spiritual and make it understandable. Okay. Something, something that would be hard for us in human form, in right. our finite minds to grasp. You're trying to take something heavenly something spiritual and make it easier for us to grasp i'm so, taking a huge concept yes. and trying to bring it down yes so i can understand it yes so like in our culture in the west we tend to use definitions yeah you know god is omnipotent god is omniscient god is right. omnipresent yeah the problem with all those great big words we then have to turn around and define those words right so what right. they do is instead mm -hmm. instead of giving you a, bur a word they not you need to undefine. Right. They just give you a picture. God is a rock. Which would be God is oh, all powerful. Right. Strong. He's stable. He's secure. He's something I can cling to. Something that when the ground's shaking is going right. to stand still. Yes. Okay. God is a fortress. Okay. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. They loved pictures. Okay. Which I think would be a fun challenge if you're ever reading through the Psalms. Right. Find pictures of mm -hmm. God. And draw it in your Bible then. Yeah. And because, and I think the idea with a picture is, a picture is what? What's the saying? Worth a thousand words. Why? Because you can. I know, because not flowing. Uh, because you can see so many different things from it. Oh, you yes. Know, you can pull out so I mean, yes. picture your rock. Okay. When the flood waters rise, I'm right. on the rock out of the right. water. Well, and even what kind of a rock? Like picture a rock like a mountain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that would be the rock they're thinking of. Not okay. a tiny pebble, but <laughs> like, like a, a massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is immovable then. Yes. Which doesn't change yes. over time. Yes. That rock has looked the same for my entire life. Right. It's always been there. It's yes. dependable. Yes. It withstands the toughest storms. Yes. There's so much more yep. that you can pull then. Yep. Yeah. Depending on what you're going through. Yes. Yep. Which, I mean, I kind of like it more. I'd much rather have yeah. pictures than definitions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think agree. it's easier to teach with. You can see it and you can hold on to it. Yeah. And I can get, pass it on to my kids. Yeah. Because honestly, how many of us forget things we're told, but how rarely do we forget the movies we've watched, the stories that have connected, oh, yeah. the pictures that have gone deep. Mm -hmm. We don't forget those. Or when you try to remember something. Right. 
you know, I read a book about from some major memorizer person. Mm-hmm. And one of his things was make a picture of it. Yes. Yep. Or use a picture, you know. Yep. So I can, it's just funny because this is probably over 10 years ago. I told my kids, I need to get popcorn at the store. <laughs> so yeah. when we're at the store today and we go to the bulk section, mm-hmm. picture the popcorn coming flying out of the bin and all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And if you ask my kids to this day, they still have that visual. Yes. In their head, like it really happened and never did. Yes, because the crazier the visual, the more likely you are to remember it. Yeah, and I remember getting popcorn yep. that day. Yep. So pictures work. So if you're yes. struggling with memorizing. Yeah. Scripture right now. Try to make a picture out of it. Make a picture out of it. Yep. But so then they used pictures. Yes. To illustrate. Right. To help them understand. Right. Okay. Yep. Um. I think, too, with stories, we enjoy them. We do. Who doesn't love a good story? Honestly. Would you you rather have a story or a lecture? Yes. Seriously. Because with a story, then what if a good storyteller, what can Mm -hmm. a good storyteller do? Oh, they can wake up your emotions. They can grab your imagination. You can see the story. You can hear it, feel it. All of a sudden, you're involved and you're Mm -hmm. on the edge of your chair waiting. Mm -hmm. Where's this going to go? What's going to happen? And you don't walk away and just forget it then. No, you wrestle with it. Yeah, you're still, there's certain stories I know my kids have changed the ending to. Oh, really? Yeah, there's like, I can't remember which one it is. But Kylie read a book and she was like, I don't like that end. Oh. I'm coming mm -hmm. up with a new ending. I have been there. I have done that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because a a good story and a good storyteller will affect you. Yes. It will affect the rest of your day and your week. Yes. Chase, I know, Chase yesterday was supposed to, for school, be reading Stone Fox. Oh. Well, he accidentally flipped to the last page and read that the dog died. Oh. Came up and threw the book. He goes, I'm not finishing it. Oh, yeah. I already know the end. (laughs) Yep. He's like, I'm not going to get there. I know it. Because you get involved. Yes. You get personally invested in those characters. So you can cry. Yes. When things happen. Yes. You can be mad with them. Yes. You can get (laughs) attached. When I first let, read Lord of the Rings, I was in high school before the movies came out. And so, spoiler alert, you think at one point Frodo dies oh. in the book. And I was so <laughs> devastated. I flung the book across the room. And I was like, I can't believe this. Why would he do this to me? I love Frodo. I was devastated, heartbroken, weeping. <laughs> And I went for like an hour like that. And finally I'm like, okay, I need to find out what happens. And then like the next page you find out he's not dead. He's just asleep. So, yes, it's so That's true. Funny. A good story can grab you. Mm-hmm. And keep you in. Yes. So then every par- every rabbi taught in parables. Yes, there that are was- thousand plus of them. Okay, so that was just a common part yes. of their life. Yeah. Like we have Aesop's Aesop's fables, fables yeah. or mother goose. Or yes. Yeah. These are just part of our culture and who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And so would all the rabbis teach on the same topics in parables? No, you would kind of teach whatever the topic demanded. Okay. You could use a parable. Um, there are several parables of Jesus that are similar but slightly different. And oh. so even the thought is sometimes that you would take similar structure and then tweak it based on what the conversation needed. Okay. Because actually there are a lot of parables that Jesus taught that are very similar to what you read in other rabbis. Okay. Very similar. Wedding banquets and feasts is a common topic. Farmers, you know, they're, they're pulling, like you said earlier, from the common day-to-day what people understand. Fishermen is a common mm-hmm. and fish. 
so um, you could actually kind of what we have with stories. You know, if you if you study stories, the three act structure: right. intro, conclusion, climax, the middle. Right. <laughs> Don't right. jump to the conclusion after your intro. Right. So they use that with their parables. They had structure to them. Okay. Some of them. And so they would follow a pattern then. Some of them, yeah. That people. Some yeah. of them could follow a pattern that yeah. people would expect. Yes. And even like, and you, would they have right. common things like we say once upon a time? Yes. And then everyone knows. Right. The kingdom of heaven is like that. Okay. They knew that was the beginning of a parable. There once was a king who owned. You know, they would know these specific phrases. That would set up. That would set up a parable. And they would know, okay, there's a story coming. Okay. Be prepared. Um, and But a common topic of parables was the kingdom of heaven. Okay. So that was one so, of many rabbis. And why would the kingdom of heaven be an important topic that many would teach on? Because the kingdom of heaven is an important topic because it's God's kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think of a smart way to answer that question. And well, because this is something they're constantly wrestling with. Oh, what is God's yeah. kingdom? Mm-hmm. What is it like? Where is it? Right. How does it affect me? Yes. I'm just asking... I would say those are all legitimate because we have a very shallow idea of God's kingdom. You mean it's not a cloud and he's sitting on a throne with a golden harp all around him? Right. If, if you were asked people, what's the kingdom of heaven? They would say it's heaven. Right. It's up above the clouds. And I'll get there one day. And God lives there. If I'm lucky. Right. Right. But if you asked the rabbis, what's the kingdom of heaven? Well, that's a completely different thing. The kingdom of heaven is anywhere God's rule and reign is seen. Okay. Any way, shape, or form. So, yes, it's obviously in heaven because God is reigning there physically, but it's also on earth any time God's rule and reign is seen or experienced on earth. Or being obeyed. <clears throat> or being obeyed. Okay. So when you open up the scriptures in a Bible study, the kingdom of heaven is there. Okay. Because God's rule and reign is being acknowledged. When a miracle happens, the kingdom okay. of heaven is there because God's rule and reign is reaching into something broken and healing it. When he's being obeyed and his commands are being followed, God's rule and reign is being established on earth and the kingdom of heaven is there. So you can take the kingdom of heaven with you wherever you wherever go. You go. So, I mean, so you kind of go, okay, think about that. Maybe you're a teacher going into a school system. Mm-hmm. You are bringing mm-hmm. the kingdom of God with you. Right. Maybe you work in the medical field. Right. You are bringing the kingdom of God into that hospital, right. into that clinic. Right. You know, ner- I mean, so many places, <clears throat> grocery stores, nursing right. homes. Where- your own home. Your own home. Yeah. If you're changing a diaper or making dinner, you can bring the kingdom of God to earth by obeying the king. Mm-hmm. And so then that was something they were constantly trying to help the people right. understand, don't forget, right. wrestle with, right. here's what it's, you right. need to remember, you're part of this kingdom. Right, yes. Okay. It's not a one day when I die, it's a here and now, I belong to a king, I'm a part of his kingdom, okay. I need to live like it, so what does that mean for today? Because the rabbi's whole point was to go around and encourage the people, yes. to teach the people, yes. Here's how we're living in covenant with God. Yes. Here's how it looks. Yes. Here's how our life should be separate, yes. holy, yes. different from the world, yes. from the nations around us. Yes. We are to be. Yes. We are 
sons to be and different. daughters. We yeah. are the we are the children of the king. So therefore, mm-hmm. you need to act like it. Right. And what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. honestly, I've wrestled with that for the last ten months specifically. What does it mean to be a believer today? Right. What does that look like what on would Facebook, Jesus do? on social media? Yeah, uh-huh. going to church or not? Yeah, walking around and talking to people. How does it look like to be a believer? Well, they wrestle with that for centuries. Mm-hmm. So then we said this, that the the parable has a moral mm-hmm. or a lesson, but isn't it also then challenging you to act? Could you say that? Oh, that's a good question. That it's challenging you to make sure you live this way, make sure you do this differently. Yeah. If I'm giving, because if I'm teaching my kids a lesson, yeah, there's I'm something a takeaway. There's a takeaway, and you need to do this differently next time, or remember this yeah. for next time, or have a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a yeah. way, there's like a challenge to yeah. the listener to respond to do something. Yeah, that would make sense. I would think so. Okay. I'm thinking through the different parables. Well, who's my neighbor? Yeah. You know, there's a challenge of... Yeah, that one definitely. Or like, but the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price. A man found it. Or it's like a treasure hidden in a field. You know, I guess then the challenge would be you want to go after the kingdom. It's something to grab hold of, to not let go, to claim it's worth everything. Right. To be a part of the kingdom of heaven is worth everything. So you sacrifice everything else to be a part of it. Okay. So I guess that is a takeaway. Yeah. It's not I guess so. It's, it's more than a story just for entertainment purposes. No, yes. Totally. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. It's more than just entertainment. Yes. It is instruct it's it's a clever way of instructing you. Yeah. And yes. challenging you to yes. to continue on living the way you are yeah. or change the way you're living yes. to line up more with God. Yes. Yes. And I think that's I mean, a good parent. A parent who does well at disciplining mm-hmm. knows how to get do, your yeah. kids to see that. Yes. You know, yeah. or I know I do better when I understand for myself rather than just have someone lecture at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, something yeah. that'll stick longer that I understand. So, so parables had a purpose. Right. So what we're hoping to do mm-hmm. in the weeks to come is take the parables Jesus taught. Yes. And put them back in context because what I'm what I found when we've studied parables before is there's little things in the stories yes that his listeners understood right right that we don't right or we glance over and we don't even realize that was a big deal right and sometimes Jesus was really good at also doing the shocking yes (gasps) yes so in the next couple of weeks we already have parables we've taught before Mm -hmm. we're gonna do those again on the podcast yep because yeah. we have a wider audience now. Yeah. So some of you might have heard this before. But it's okay because review is good for the yes. memory. And we're going to do it differently. Um, and then yeah. I'm open to, I don't know if Erica is, if you want to give me a parable. Sure. To Not you personally, Erica. The listeners. Oh. No. <laughs> no, I understood that. Okay. Yes. If the listeners want to give me a parable. Yes. I will research it and then we can do that one. I might pretend to be a listener and give you a parable oh, and see funny. what you come up no, with. No, because you can get on the Facebook page, The Context yes. and Color of the yes. Bible. It's a public Facebook page. A public face? <laughs> a public face. Yes. You can get on and 
if you say, hey, last time I studied parables with you two. Right. And you didn't cover this one, I would like you to cover this right. one. Right, yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll do the unmerciful servant. Yes, yeah. Um, the prodigal. Always the prodigal, do that yeah, that's a good one. The the good Samaritan. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you've done a couple on the heaven. Yeah, a couple of little ones on that, yep. So, the yeast and the dough and yeah. the fish. So if you have something other than those yeah. four or five we just mentioned, yeah. we are open to we are studying new parables and presenting those. We are. And just as an illustration, yes, because you said there are things we miss in the parables. Think of, for our listeners that have read Jane Austen. Okay. Um, there are things in that book, like Pride and Prejudice, that the, if you appreciate that story, there are things that we don't get today because we don't understand the culture. You know, oh, so when Lydia okay. runs off with Wickham, it's a big deal. It brings shame on the whole family, which means the sisters now cannot marry as well as they would like. So they're potentially destitute because of what one sister did. But that's not shocking in our culture right. today. So understanding... Even if something, a book written 200 years ago, right? there are things we miss. How much more stories written 2,000 years mm-hmm. ago in a different language. There are things in these parables that when we study them, we're amazed. Yeah. Okay. Like, wow, I had no clue that was in there. Okay. So just right. a quick illustration. Yeah. All right. So thanks for joining us. This is the pod, the this is the podcast mm-hmm. named The Context and Color of the Bible. We hope you've been blessed and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.